I like to cook, and the one thing I've come to learn is that the best way to improve the flavor of any dish is to make sure you're using high-quality ingredients, which is why I love using ButcherBox to get all my meat, poultry, and fish products. They are far and away the best option out there, so if you haven't yet ordered from them, I highly encourage you to give them a try today. Not only do they give you tons of options, you can get any cut you want, and it's always top of the line, but... It's also way more convenient than going to the butcher or grocery store. They always provide free delivery right to your door. They have awesome ribeyes, strip steaks, and steak tips that have all the right marbling. Chicken wings, breasts, and thighs full of flavor, and their fish is all wild caught with no additives. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs. Two pounds of ground beef or one pound of those premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash scarymysteries and use code scarymysteries to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So one more time, because this is key, new users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code SCARYMYSTERIES and get $20 off your first box. Sometime in the early 80s, REO Speedwagon's airplane made an unannounced middle-of-the-night landing. This is my friend Kyle McLaughlin, the star of Twin Peaks. And he's telling me about how he discovered a real-life Twin Peaks in rural North Carolina, not far from where he filmed Blue Velvet. What was on the plane was copious amounts of drugs coming in from South America. Supposedly, Pablo Escobar went looking for other spots, quiet, out-of-the-way places to bring in his cocaine. My name is Joshua Davis, and I'm an investigative reporter. Kyle and I talk all the time about the strange things we come across, but nothing was quite as strange as what we found in Varnumtown, North Carolina. There's crooked cops, brother against brother. Everyone's got a story to tell, but does the truth even exist? Welcome to Varnum Town. Varnum Town is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you guys enjoy this video, then check out our other one called Five Strange and Creepy Missing Person Cases, which is a fan favorite. Links are in the description below. And now, on to the video. Five strangest places where dead bodies were discovered. In any given year, there are around 55 million people who pass away. And with that sheer number, one could expect to find dead bodies in different places, like in hospitals, at home, at work, on the road, or in a battlefield. But the fact is, there are dead individuals whose remains are discovered in some bizarre places, and oftentimes for unsettling reasons. Here are the five strangest places where dead bodies were discovered. Number 5. Melissa Dietzel Melissa Dietzel was described by her close friends as an outdoor buff. One of her goals was to travel to Australia and experience for herself the thrill of its great outdoor adventures. In November of 2011, the young girl from California procured a travel visa 
and ticket bound to the land down under. It was a perfect moment for her. She had just finished her studies in elementary education at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. To sustain her travel, the 22-year-old sought a job as a live-in nanny for her family in Sydney. Although it wasn't specified when, the young woman was eventually relieved from her work. It was after this time that the most shocking thing happened to her. On January 4, 2012, residents living in the Randwick area of Sydney noticed a foul odor emanating from a 30-foot oak tree. But instead of checking on what caused the pungent smell, they assumed it to have come from a decomposing body of a cat or possum that had died in the tree. The bad smell lingered for a couple weeks, and then on January 12th, a tree surgeon who happened to be pruning and treating the old tree stumbled upon human remains. Police were immediately notified of the incident and sent forensic officers to inspect and gather evidence. It was determined that the deceased had been dead for at least two weeks before the body was found. With no way of identifying the female corpse, it took a little bit of time for the police to browse through their missing persons records and dental details. The following month, authorities finally confirmed that the remains belonged to Dietzel. Earlier rumors suggested that the American tourist had been living in the tree ever since she lost her nanny job. But the clues found from the scene suggested otherwise. Police determined that she had probably committed suicide. As such, her death was not treated as suspicious. A resident in the area said Dietzel may have walked through her garden and climbed her fence into the oak tree. Meanwhile, local authorities opted to remove the tree and fence the area after it had become contaminated by the woman's decaying body. Number 4. Dennis Pring There's probably two basic ways that human beings react at the sight of a dead person. Sad or horrified, or perhaps a bit of both. A man named Alan Derrick probably felt heartbroken to see his pal dead in his apartment, but a much more pressing issue prompted him to push away this feeling and do the strangest thing. Between April and June of 1998, Derrick discovered his lodger, Dennis Pring, dead on a sofa in their apartment in Bedminster, Bristol in the UK. As noted during the inquest, both Derek and Pring were chronic drinkers. Their daily activities basically consisted of going to the local pub to drink in the morning, go back home to have lunch, and take their afternoon nap. When they woke up, they both would go straight back into the pub until it closed. By then, they would be back at their flat drinking cider. In Pring's case, his drinking took a turn for the worse following the death of his wife. His frequent visit to the watering hole enabled him to befriend the 70-year-old. As a tenant in a sheltered housing project, Derek decided one day to take the former warehouse man under his roof, a move which was actually illegal. And on that undetermined day in 1998 when Derek found his drinking buddy lifeless, 
worries instead of pity, went running around in his mind. His concern was that if he reported Pring's death to authorities, they might find out that he had been illegally harboring a lodger. To hide the man's death, Derek tipped a couch on its side and went on to cover the body with cushions. On that same day, he went to the pub as per their normal routine, but this time he was alone. For 10 years, Derek, who was diagnosed with learning difficulties, carried on in life with his dead friend inside the living room. He continued to do things normally, such as eating takeout meals on the same couch. Council officers were in fact called not once, but twice to investigate the pungent smell coming from the property. In all those instances, though, they weren't able to find the body as it was buried underneath what was literally piles upon piles of rubbish. Instead, they reported the foul odor emanating from the bathtub filled with human excrement as the source of the unpleasant odor. This went on for years, until in January of 2008 when house cleaners arrived in the vicinity. Apparently, the housing committee decided to issue Derek a force eviction notice following the incessant complaints of the neighbors. As the cleaners took away the mountains of trash and dirt, there they saw the skeleton, still fully clothed and sitting in an upright position. The former occupant was arrested on the spot on suspicion of murder, but considering his condition, he was released without charges. He was subsequently rehoused and ultimately given the support he needed. Number 3. Ingrid Rivera Ingrid Rivera was one of those youngsters who would do anything just to meet their idols. In her case, it was the rap artist Lil' Kim. When the 24-year-old heard that the star would grace a nightclub near her place, she knew this would be the perfect time to do it. After wrapping up from her shift as a ticket agent for British Airways at Kennedy Airport, she went home and dressed up for the evening. With a huge bouquet of flowers in hand, she and a friend arrived at Lil' Kim's birthday party at Spotlight Live at 1604 Broadway in New York City. The karaoke club was packed to the brim with people. Considering this, she and her companion, whose name was withheld by police, were not given access inside. They instead asked for a favor from a man named Said Rahman to put the flowers aside for them for safekeeping. Rahman worked as a bar back and so, he had access to the establishment. Rivera and her friend drank at the bar while waiting for their opportunity, and at around 2 a.m., the young woman went looking for the flowers. She ended up in a men's bathroom. The other patrons didn't take it well, so the bouncers picked her up and kicked her out of the club. The other girl sought help from Raman, who lied that her friend was in the penthouse. The two went to the fifth floor rooftop, and while on the way, the man made sexual advances, but she managed to get away. 
Frustrated, the employee went downstairs and there found Rivera outside the building. He snuck her back in through a utility shed, and it was here that he bludgeoned the woman with a pipe, and then he left in a hurry. Two days later, Rivera's mother filed a missing persons report. She and her family posted flyers around the neighborhood the following days. Meanwhile, an investigation was made, the details of which were all inconclusive. It didn't take long before an air conditioning serviceman discovered a body hidden inside a shed. It was later identified to be Rivera's. Based on the account of her friend, detectives were able to trace Rahman as the perpetrator. He was then arrested and charged in the slang. The police, however, didn't reveal the motive behind the attack. Number 2. Novella Hassan In August of 2017, two men were walking along a New York street in the Bronx. They were out strolling, hoping to find some bottles and scraps they could sell and make a quick buck out of, but instead the pair made a gruesome discovery. What they came across was a shopping cart abandoned on the side of the street. Seeing it filled with lots of things, they decided to look in it for recyclables. One of them came across a cardboard box. The other person thought his friend must be playing a prank on him when he said he saw a human body wrapped inside of it. When he checked it for himself and saw a human ear, he was convinced that indeed it was a dead person. The stragglers immediately went to the police to report what they had found. A medical examiner was sent along to inspect and determine the cause of death, and authorities initially said that the deceased was a male in his late teens or early 20s. An examination was made after retrieving the body, where it was determined that it actually belonged to a woman named Navella Hassan. The 27-year-old was from Massachusetts and had been in the city for the last few years. An investigation was immediately conducted and the surveillance footage recovered from the area. They saw an old man leaving the shopping cart along Walton Avenue near East 182nd Street in University Heights. The perpetrator was ultimately later identified to be a man named Daryl Orr. During interrogations, the 57-year-old confessed that he had met Hassan on the street. They then snorted heroin before Orr invited her into his apartment where they smoked weed and drank together. It wasn't entirely specified, but the host then found his visitor lifeless later that day. Orr admitted to the authorities of disposing of the body about three blocks away from his house. This was the time when the video showed him wheeling the cart in the street. A series of toxicology tests were made to confirm traces of drugs in her system. While not for murder, Orr was arrested and charged with drug possession and narcotic sales. Number 1. Raven Campbell You've probably seen movies or read stories about people being buried between the walls. Quite surprisingly, though, this horrifying thing also happens in real life. 
Raven Campbell was a woman diagnosed with special needs. This condition, however, didn't stop the 31-year-old from living a normal and independent life. At first, she lived in a group home where she met her friend, Nicole Nelson. The latter and her boyfriend invited Campbell to live with them in an apartment complex at the Harbor Hills Housing Project in Lomita, California. In late 2008, she moved in with the couple who told her that this could be a good way for her to save money. Apparently, a man named Randolph Garbutt also shared the same residence, and he, like Campbell, was also a friend of Nelson. So the group lived together for six months until the tragedy occurred. On June 4th, 2009, Garbutt hit Campbell over the head with a hammer inside the apartment. It wasn't exactly revealed what motivated the man to bludgeon his ex-housemate, but the blow reportedly rendered her nearly unconscious and fighting for her life. Maisha Smith, Garbutt's ex-girlfriend and mother to his son, said in the testimony hearings during the trial that the accused hit the victim again on the head. This time, that blow killed her. Smith, who often visited the apartment, helped her ex-boyfriend clean the crime scene. Testifying under an immunity deal, she said that they wrapped the body in a blanket and a sheet of plastic. He then made a hole behind the wall of a closet where there was an empty space. It was here that he stuffed Campbell's lifeless body inside. After, he tossed several bathroom air fresheners into the hole to help mask the smell, and the opening was then covered up with a poster. The makeshift grave remained hidden for six long years. Meanwhile, the woman's family reported her missing on that same month when she failed to show up at their place. Her sisters, in particular, appealed to authorities to consider the possibility of foul play, considering that their sibling left her personal belongings when she vanished. The case went on and remained cold until late June of 2015, when investigators received a tip from an anonymous caller. They were told to search the apartment's interior and to specifically look behind the closet. They brought with them cadaver dogs who immediately alerted their handlers to the presence of human remains. With permission from the L.A. County Housing Authority, the responding officers knocked down a portion of the wall where they found a patched-up hole. On the floor between the wall space, they found what they thought to be a human skeleton. The remains were exhumed and sent to the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner Coroner's Office for identification, where it was determined to be that of Campbell's. All the evidence and information eventually led to the arrest of Garbutt in 2016. He first confessed to killing the woman because she fell and hit her head. Fearing that he would be blamed for those injuries, he opted to suffocate her to death with a plastic bag before hiding her body between the walls. He thought it would never be found. His former girlfriend, however, said otherwise. She said that the man did it because it is what God would have wanted. 
He was put in custody for more than four years during that trial period. In 2019, the accused pleaded no contest to manslaughter, much to the disappointment of Campbell's relatives. The now convicted felon was only given an 11-year prison sentence. What was worse, the previous years he spent in detention were all credited to his overall jail sentence. If you guys enjoyed watching this video, then you're going to love our other video called Five Strange and Creepy Missing Person Cases. Remember to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell because we have new videos coming out every single week. But you can check out that other video just by clicking the screen. So there were the five strangest places where dead bodies were discovered. There's something upsetting about bodies found in the unlikeliest of places. You can't help but be curious about the tragic stories behind such random and often horrifying discoveries. The question now is, what would you probably feel if you found one yourself? Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you enjoyed this video, then check out our Patreon page because every single week we're putting out a new exclusive video you can only find over there. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.